You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to a Football Friday edition of the Locked On Longhorns Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Hahn. You can follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. You can follow Cammie at CammieAnG. Follow the show, Locked On Horns. Uh, today we got a full show. We're going to talk Billy Bowman news, what that can mean, concerns going into this game as identified by Cammie, and, of course, our X factors for this game and prediction. And if y'all can see Cammie right now, she's she's off her rocker. She's ready for football uh, this this week. Well, what's going on, Cammie? Are you just ball of energy all of a sudden? I am. I'm fired up for this game. I – I don't know. I, I'm a lot of people aren't too confident in the way Texas is playing right now, but I just just got done telling you that I had this weird feeling um, they're going to come out and win this game somehow. So I'm feeling pretty confident right now. This is the first day I felt that way leading up to this Red River rivalry. It's been a a weird week. Um, did you happen to see some of these jokes on Twitter? Um, yes, it's, it, it was so much that Tom Herman was even trending on Twitter. Hey. And, and I think it was a mixture of both. I think it was a mixture of people talking uh, down about him and how he has a lot to prove still and how this is a must-win game. But also the majority of it was Oklahoma fans joking on him. And some of those were actually really funny, and I think a lot of people could agree with it. Uh, you know, some of those were funny. But t- later on Thursday, Lincoln Riley started. Oh, no. Trending on Twitter. Uh, so I scrolled through a few of them. They were funny. My favorite one I'm going to share before we get into Billy Bowman talk. They said, Lincoln Riley eats cereal from a plate because he lost all his bowls. <laughs> uh, oh, that, that was my favorite one. I wish I could remember who I read that from because I'd like to shout him out on the podcast. I know it was a Texas fan, but I can't remember who said it. But it was hilarious. Yeah. Let's get into the bad news real quick before we start talking about this football game, though, right? Okay. Uh, Billy Bowman. Wednesday, I think it was Wednesday night, Billy Bowman news broke that he decommitted from the University of Texas. Cammy, This is rough. I, It's hard to even comment on this, but I know there's several factors that went into it. It's just – concerning to me that he waited until Texas had just obviously lost to TCU and are about to go into the biggest Big 12 game of the season uh, that many believe. So it's weird. I've heard rumors that maybe he wants to follow his girlfriend to OU who plays soccer there. Um, We've also touched on rumors about maybe um, him changing positions. Like maybe he just wants to play on the offensive side of the ball. So uh, I'm sure there's a lot of factors that go into it, but that's a big blow for that recruiting class. Yes, uh, it is. It's massive. He was their second highest rated recruit right behind his teammate, Jatavion Sanders. That's a big one. Now, when you look at a possible change of position, um, he's got some competition in front of him. I'm not to say that he's afraid of that at all, but Jake Smith, Jordan Whittington, are, are two of the big ones that, that I think of. And uh, so does that worry you at all about their chances yeah. to um, possibly re-land him? Yeah, significantly, just because I feel like Jake Smith has that role on lock. I think he's one of Texas's top offensive players. 
um, at, at any position. And so he's obviously going to be there a couple or even up to a few more years, considering the COVID-19 guidelines, allowing that extra year of eligibility. And then you also have Jordan Whittington, who's going to be there right, uh, right behind him. So that does worry me again. I'm sure that might factor into his decision. He's a talented enough player to go start at a Power 5 conference right away. So um, it's just an unlucky situation, I guess, that Texas is in right now. But like you mentioned, he's the second highest graded recruit in that uh, recruiting class. So, um, and that class wasn't even in the top 10 nationally yet, regardless. So that's obviously, obviously a significant blow. And uh, I don't know, I, I think Tom Herman is kind of on a downward spiral right now. So like we mentioned several times before, he has to go out and beat Oklahoma this weekend. Yeah, so he marks the second four-star recruit, at least that I can think of, that he's lost out of this class. Uh, Jalen Milrow, the quarterback who decommitted and committed to uh, Alabama, which came shortly after Quinn Ewer's commitment to Texas for the following class. Uh, but it makes me wonder, is there going to be a lingering class issue here? Uh, when you talk about Bowman going to Tavion Sanders, is their number one recruit? five-star athlete expected to play defensive end slash Jack. Um, mm -hmm. is, is there a worry there with, with some of the other guys in this class? A class that's already lost some of their, their best recruits already. Yeah, I don't think it's going to kind of trickle down um, to the rest of the class. The only one I'm kind of worried about is Jatavian Sanders, just because that's a close friend, teammate. Uh, maybe they want to still go play ball at the same program. So, uh, that's the one that kind of worries me, if any, in that class. I mean, Sanders could still um, obviously honor his commitment to Texas. So uh, I think Sanders kind of had a unique situation that other players uh, likely don't have. He was obviously versatile. He could play on either side of the ball, maybe uh, suddenly changed um, his reasoning and wanted to play on the offensive side of the ball and be recruited for that. So it, I think it's a unique situation, but I don't necessarily think it's going to trickle down. I think the only one I'm really worried about is Jatavian Sanders. Yeah, he would be the one to worry about, obviously, because he's already a teammate of his uh, playing, you know, at Denton Ryan. Uh, so that That's a concern, um, a possible concern. Now, it could be as simple as, like you said, the, the rumors regarding does he want to play offense more, defense, Mm -hmm. um, or is it as simple as he wants to go to Oklahoma because his girlfriend obviously attends the University of Oklahoma, and as our colleague Griffin McVeigh told us, it's a whole lot easier in dating <laughs> if, she, if, if the girl you're seeing is not on the other side of the fence when it comes to rivalry. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's – I think that's where it's at right now. I mean, do, do we uh, – um, do we have issues there? I mean, should we be concerned? I mean, does Tom have to win this game on Saturday because of these recruits? Um, I think he has to win it for a variety of reasons. I wouldn't say just recruiting, but you know the recruits are tuning into this game. I think um, any potential commitments, uh, the people who have already committed and planning on playing at Texas. So um, I think it's important for Tom Herman's uh, role in his future at Texas. I think it's important for their Big 12 title chances. I think it's important if they have any chance, even though it's going to be very slim, to uh, try and compete for a bit, I guess, to the college football playoffs. So there's a variety of reasons, I think, that tie into this game on why it's a must win for them. And uh, you could argue that it's a must win for Sam Ellinger, too. So 
I wouldn't necessarily put it on the recruiting side, but uh, the way things are going right now and just um, the way people are kind of like firing tanks off at Tom Herman on social media, I think it's going to be really important for him uh, to get out of here with the win. It's definitely going to make the recruits happy. Must win. It's a must win game. I I, I don't – they can't lose two straight. Mm -hmm. Um, They can't lose another game to Oklahoma. I mean, these are the games, like you said, these are the ones that recruits are paying attention to. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's the reason why Texas – in my opinion, the reason why Texas doesn't play Texas A&M because A&M can't afford to lose to Texas, especially mm-hmm. in recruiting. You know, that that's a huge thing for them. So that's why they don't want to play the game. But it's also the same for Texas. If they were to play A&M and lose those games, that would be a huge thing. So Texas got to win this game for a lot of reasons. I think uh, you point to Tom Herman. You point to recruiting. Uh they got to win this football game. But coming up next, we're going to dive into Cammy's three concerns for this football game and, and kind of where her head is at. Even though she's feeling good, she's feeling goofy. I wish y'all could see her right now. Uh, but I want to tell you about our friends at Built Go. If you want to have energy like Cammy bouncing off the walls on a Friday, a Saturday, lots of football this weekend. Cammy, I know you're going to be watching a lot of football starting at 11 a.m in Dallas, Texas. You got to have your energy. You got to try Built Go. You got to go to BuiltGo.com. Use that promo code LOCKED. They're going to give you 30% off your first order. You got mint chocolate, maybe like caramel, maybe some peanut butter. Kimmy, I know you love you some peanut butter. I do, actually. Peanut butter and chocolate. Peanut butter and chocolate. It's it's a great mixture. It's going to help you bust through that wall, give you that energy. Five-hour energy, but check this out. It's all natural. It's a lot better for you. So go to BuiltGo.com. Use that promo code LOCK. You're getting 30% off. All right, Cammie, we talked about it before the break. Let's get into your three concerns for this football game, and I'm going to guess it has something to do with that defense. Oh, gosh. I mean, you could argue that uh, every concern has to do with that defense because – the, the offense really hasn't been any of their issues. I mean, I know we've talked and touched on the mental errors, so the penalties and the drops and the fumbles and things like that. But, I mean, they literally lead um, all of college football uh, averaging the most points per game. So, obviously, that's a sign they're doing pretty well. Or they have that one of the highest-powered offenses in the country. And then, obviously, Sam Ellinger leads all active FBS quarterbacks with 14 touchdown passes. So, I think the offense is kind of uh, given a pass here, although they do still have to produce. But, I mean, even in their loss, they put up, what, 31, a little over 30 points. I think it was around 31 points. So, uh, yeah, most of these are on the defensive side. So, the first one uh, I wanted to touch on was yards after the catch. And I think you know how important that is, especially against Oklahoma. They have one of the top receivers in the conference with Charleston Rambo. And, um, I think he's probably going to be uh, Texas's biggest threat in terms of uh, the best wide receiver they faced all season. So um, Oklahoma has actually recorded 445 yards after the catch this season. I think that's kind of unheard of. And um, I think you can touch a little on what Texas has been allowing um, for yards after the catch, and it doesn't look very good. No, against Texas Tech, it was 178 yards after the catch against TCU, another 139 yards. Interesting part about the TCU game is TCU doesn't have a dynamic receivers. 
They have young right. guys, guys that they expect a lot of, but they aren't in that in that realm yet. Mm-hmm. And you're right, up to this point. I mean, I, I could probably argue that an Eric Ezukama from Texas Tech is probably better than Charleston Rambo. The reason why people know of Rambo is he plays at Oklahoma. Yeah. Higher profile, Lincoln Riley. And I'm not to say that he'll be drafted higher. I would just say Eric Ezukama is just as dangerous. And, and TJ Basher is just as dangerous. So you see those things. So that's why my concern is, I mean, you're looking at it was over 300 yards after the catch and just two football games. Two yep. Big 12 conference games. So, yeah, that's going to be a concern. So, why is yards after the catch so important? Because those are where offenses are able to move down the field, get further, uh, you know, and, and where's your defense out because they're in chase mode. You know, they're, they're having to chase these guys after the catch. And that's where those big plays, they tire your defense mm-hmm. out, and that's where mistakes start to happen because you're physically tired, you're mentally tired, and, and as we always talk about, Kami, what's the biggest problem with Texas football right now? Tackling. Well, that, that's, that's another one. That was not where I was going. I was going with the uh, – you laughed at me for saying it this way, <laughs> the self-inflicting wounds. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's, that's actually the other concern on here. I was giving you a pass, but I think we can agree that tackling has been horrendous. And technically, that does go into the yards after the catch. So, um, yeah, uh, well, yes. In, in a sense, yes. Uh, I think the player that's been the worst this year, if you pay attention to a pro football focus, has been DeMarvin Overshone. They've credited mm-hmm. him with 11 missed tackles this season. Ooh, and I think he led the team in missed tackles the past two that we've touched on. So, yeah, that's not looking good, but – um, I'm glad you brought up self-inflicted wounds because that's the second of the three concerns. And I think it kind of goes without saying, if you watch the TCU game, the penalties were outrageous on both sides of the ball. Uh, they had so many mental errors. We discussed the Jake Smith drop. I think that was a crucial moment in the game. We obviously talked about the Keontae Ingram uh, when he coughed up that fumble at the goal line. And it's just little, I guess, detailed things that they need to fix. I think that all goes into their uh, preparation. I think it goes into their discipline, all this stuff on the field. And I think that's a coaching issue. Coaching issue. So um, you could take this a variety of ways, but uh, it's self-inflicted wins at the end of the day. And I think Sam Ellinger said it best when he stated that uh, they're just, they just feel like they're beating themselves right now. And I feel like if they can get out of their own way, uh, they'll go out there and beat Oklahoma. So a couple, a couple quotes that I heard this week from players and staff. Tom Herman, when he spoke on Monday, talked about some of those self-inflicting wounds, such as uh, running the wrong route, like a hot route, fumbling the ball the way they did on the goal line. He said, do the things you're coached to do and don't do the things you're not. And and reaching out uh, on a play, that's not something that, you know, and that's something Tom Herman said, I don't coach that way. You know, he knows not to do those things. you got to avoid those things. The other thing that I thought was interesting is Sam Ellinger. He talked a lot about discipline, and you brought that up. And one of the things he said is the thing about discipline is you can't turn it on and off on a Saturday. It starts on Sunday, your game prep all the way up. You know, and, and he stood up there in front of the entire team uh, making the comments. So, you know, they've got to find a way. You know, find a way to be a more disciplined football team, avoid those issues, because I think Sam Ellinger, he said it best. Especially if you look at the last two games, they could have lost both. 
Um, they ended up getting away uh, in Lubbock, but losing at home. He said it best. Texas beat is beating Texas. Right. Yeah. And I think we all know the margin for error is as slim as it can be at this point within the conference. So these mistakes, or at least the ones that they had against TCU, cannot happen against a talented and well-coached Oklahoma squad. So uh, that's obviously one of the primary concerns heading into that game. And I think the final one we can touch on is uh, Spencer Rattler in general, but uh, specifically can Texas put pressure on him because uh, dual threat quarterbacks have kind of had a field day with this Texas defense. And obviously with TCU last weekend, uh, Dugan was TCU's leading rusher uh, with 79 yards on the ground. And I think, uh, Spencer Rattler is probably the most talented signal caller that Texas has faced this season and maybe even will face. So uh, obviously within the conference. And um, I think statistics show that um, when Rattler is under pressure, his completion percentage drops 20%. So uh, they have to get after the quarterback here. Um, obviously those missed tackles are going to play a large factor into this. So um, basically one of my primary concerns is whether or not Texas can get it can get after Rattler or not. And then I think that all starts with Joseph Asai. Uh, we can, I think we can all agree, like, he played better against TCU, but he's got to play even better this coming week, especially against Spencer Rattler. I think Spencer Rattler is a lot more dynamic than what we've seen. I think he's not quite sure when to take off and run uh, when I've watched yeah. him. Uh, I, I, he tries to extend the play a little bit, give his, his team more time. So I, I think if as time goes on and he figures that out, he's going to become even more dynamic. So not only do they need to find a way to put pressure on him, but they also got to find a way to contain him and keep him in the pocket. Coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit about our players to watch in this game, our X-Factors on offense and defense. What is our prediction for the Red River rivalry? All right, here we are. Final segment on a football Friday right here on the Lockdown Longhorns Podcast or the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Cammy. offensive players, there's a lot to choose from. Running backs, quarterback. Are you going to go the easy route this week? Are you going to take the quarterback in this game? Who's your offensive X factor? I want your offensive X factor for both teams. Who you got? Oh, man. Okay, so for Oklahoma, I'm going to say Rattler just because of Texas's weaknesses in defense and dual third quarterbacks and things like that. That's a cop out, Cammy. Uh, I know. I'm really worried about. <laughs> I'm really worried about how they're going to handle him or whether or not they can even uh, get pressure on him. But uh, for Texas, I think on the offensive side of the ball, I'm. I'm not going to do the easy route and say Sam Ellinger because even though I think uh, Sam obviously has to be on, we know he wasn't really himself against TCU last week. So if Texas is going to win this game, Sam has to be on. I think that's kind of a no-brainer. But I'm going to go Roshan Johnson here. I think Texas has to rely on him more. I think they need to use a lot, utilize his talents more. I think he's an overall running back. I mean, he's a threat uh, regardless of where he is on the field. I even saw Texas line him up outside. And, I mean, he's a running back uh, that used to be a we used to play quarterback, so uh, he can obviously throw the ball, run the ball. He, he's a decent pass catcher now, so um, he's kind of the guy I'm zoning in on that that likely will and or has to have a big game for Texas to come out with a win. I am going to say, and I'm super shocked, Jamie. <laughs> super shocked that you would go with Roshan Johnson. Yeah, you'd like to talk about he, each and every week. Cat, but I, I know you're harping for him to get on the field more, too. He just – 
he has, he gives them that spark. Like he'll just run through someone. He's always falling forward. And I don't know. He, I just think Texas needs to use him a bit more. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I'm going to go with Sam Ellinger in this game. And let me tell you why. Last year after they played TCU, which was arguably Sam Ellinger's worst game, he came out that next week against Kansas State, completed 75% of his passes, and got the victory over Kansas State. So I think you're going to see a more focused Sam Ellinger in this game. I think he is going to do enough to win this football game. So that's why I'm looking at Sam Ellinger, much like you are Rattler, against a defense that, Mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes, can't stop anybody. And so I'm looking at Ellinger, big game. Can he get another five-touchdown game? Maybe four. You know, in 2018, when he won, he only threw for two touchdowns, but he ran for three more. So does Sam have another five-touchdown game in him? That's the question. On the other side, we're talking about Oklahoma. Uh, I really think Charleston Rambo uh, is going to have a big game, uh, or at least the X factor uh, for this game. If he has a big game, I think Texas will be in trouble uh, Mm -hmm. because that means that Josh Thompson, that means that Chris Adamora, Sean Jameson – aren't able to slow him down, slow down his offense. Uh, so th- that's where I'm looking. Charleston Rambo, yards after the catch, as we had mentioned. Um, so he has already 79 yards after the catch this year. It could get a lot better this week because they're going up against a defense that's not as good as the last two that they have faced. All right, Cammy, what about your defense? Who, who are you looking at on defense? Uh, this is tough for me because obviously our linebacker core as a whole is struggling. So I feel like they need to uh, pick it up here, but I'm probably leaning towards someone on the defensive line. And I think the obvious choice would be Osai because we were just mentioning the importance of putting pressure on Rattler, but I'm going to actually going to go Keandre Coburn here uh, up against Creed Humphrey, I believe. So Humphrey's kind of had a down year in terms of uh, uh, being human and showing some weaknesses. And so um, I think Coburn can actually win this matchup. And so I'm looking for him on the defensive side of the ball. Who are you looking at? I'm sure you're going to say Osai. Uh, I'm looking at Joseph Osai. Uh, <laughs> what a shock, right? Uh, w- yeah. Well, when I look at Joseph, he's going to go up against Ely and Swenson. And those two guys have had trouble with protecting quarterback on the edges. And so when I look at that, they're going to move him around. They're going to use stunts. Uh, I really like the Keandre Coburn. Creed Humphrey mm-hmm. matchup, I think that's a good one. But I think if they're going to have any opportunity in, in this to win, they're going to have to do it by attacking this offensive line on the outside. So I'm looking at Swinson. I'm looking at Ely, uh, kind of see how, how they look this year. So that's that's where I'm at. Um, do I think Osai can get get pressure on, on, on Rattler in this game? I mean, you hope so, um, mm-hmm. is considering how they've looked. But – Last week, we expected them to have been in Dugan's lap all game long, and it just didn't happen. It it Mm -hmm. never happened. So here we go, Cammy. I'm going to go ahead and ask it. What is your final prediction for Red River? I keep rivalry. What do you want to call it? I keep going back and forth all week on this. I cannot really pinpoint how I think this game is going to go. I think it's kind of a no-brainer that it will be a shootout, likely. 
So, um, man, and, and I mean, obviously we're talking about Texas who at least the FBS and uh, average points per game. So I, I'm assuming they're going to put up at least uh, somewhere between the 40 and 50 point range on Oklahoma. And I think Texas is probably going to squeak out of there with a three or four point win. What about you? What you got? Betting lines on this is Oklahoma two and a half point favorite. The okay. over-under is 72-and-a-half points, so they're expecting Ooh. a big-time game. Um, Usually is, though. Well, recently. Recently, yeah. I mean, so I'm going to – I even said this on my college football podcast, Lockdown College Football on a Friday. I said smash the over. We're getting another 48-45 to 45 game, but unfortunately, I don't think Texas can do enough in this game. I just don't trust Chris Ass's defense to make enough plays. We haven't seen it yet. And Oklahoma is a far superior talented team than the ones that they've seen uh, from an offensive standpoint. So that's why I'm going with Oklahoma in this game. Unfortunately, I know I'm the traitor. Nobody wants, nobody's going to like me, but it's just, you know, it's my gut feeling. So Cammy's going with the, uh, the win. I'm not. Okay. We're going to put a little, we're putting a bet on this. Any wagers or. What you got? Uh, you know what? Let's discuss this off air because uh, <laughs> I don't have. I, I don't like. I don't time. like to lose. So I, I like. I gotta. I gotta think this through. I, I. I. I also don't like to lose. So that's why I gotta think about it. Uh, but that's gonna do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast for Cammy and Patrick. And as always, keep it locked on. Hook 'em.